coming up on today's episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. The three M privileges, money, media, and mobility. We're going to talk about the third and final of the three M privileges, mobility. Yes, we are discussing teenagers and cars. We've invited a special guest who has a lot of experience with both. We're going to talk about whether you should give your kids a car, let them borrow the family car, if they should be on your insurance, who should pay the insurance, gas, and pay for repairs. We're going to talk about some of the problems to anticipate with a new teenage driver and things to consider as you walk into the world of teenage drivers and how the Money Pants philosophy can help you navigate and act as your personal GPS. All this and more, but first, the joke of the day. A young boy had just gotten his driving permit, and he asked his father, who was a minister, if they could discuss his use of the car. His father said to him, I'll make a deal with you. You bring your grades up, study your Bible a little, and get your hair cut, and then we'll talk about it. A month later, the boy came back and again asked his father if they could discuss his use of the car. His father said, son... I'm really proud of you. You brought your grades up and you've studied your Bible diligently, but you didn't get your hair cut. The young man waited a moment and replied, You know, Dad, I've been thinking about that. You know, Samson had long hair. Moses had long hair. Noah had long hair. Even Jesus had long hair. And his father replied, Yes, son. And they walked everywhere they went. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. We're your hosts, Hannah and Fontaine Judd, and we're the proud parents of seven sons and six daughters, ranging in age from college student to toddler. We're both BYU graduates and the creators of Money Pants. Head on over to CaptainMoneyPants.com to learn more about what we do and what we're all about. We believe every person on this planet has been given at least one superpower to help them accomplish their unique mission in life. But the only way to unlock those superpowers is through work ethic. That's when greatness happens. And that's where Money Pants comes in. Money Pants is the complete tool set for cultivating work ethic in all aspects of a person's life. And today we're going to be talking about the three M privileges, the three things that kind of need to be a privilege and not so much a right. Those three things, they're the three things that you should retain as part of your job as a parent that you should really try to limit your kids' access to, you know, kind of almost like three burdens to withhold from your children. And those are money, media, and mobility. And we talked about uh, money at, at length and, we've, and we talked about media and the media one. I mean, we were hardly exhaustive there, but we did, we did talk about it a little bit. Some ideas about basically, you know, parents retain the right and the ownership of all the media as well as all the devices in the home. And then today is going to be part three We're going to be focusing on mobility, and that includes, you know, cars and driving and bikes and motorcycles and transportation, because a lot of problems can be avoided if parents retain those things as a privilege rather than giving it to their children as a right. If parents maintain control of those things and own those things rather than handing them over to their kids. And today, though, we have a special guest. It is my father-in-law who is also happens to be a family physician, but he has a unique perspective because he raised eight sons and three daughters. And so he has this, you know, high level of education, but he also has, uh, has raised a lot of children and he also has a lot of experience as a doctor. So kind of a a unique perspective. Also, he comes from a large family himself. So it's just, I'm excited. Uh, So uh, without further ado, uh, hello, Dr. Jones, how are you today? 
Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me on your podcast. I listen to it all the time. <laughs> and, and you guys and you guys have a lot of wisdom, a lot of experience. I really appreciate it. Well, and that's that's part of the reason, though, we, we actually were excited to have you on here because you, see, we've only raised mm, two teenagers to, by the time they've left home, you raised 11. But our, my focus isn't so much on being you, a family physician as it is you've raised eight boys okay. and three daughters. That's, that, to me, is of infinite more value than being a family physician because you've walked the walk, I guess, as opposed to, because, and we've talked about this a little bit on the show, is, oh, man, you, uh, all these experts They've never, they've never raised kids, or they're right out of college, or, or they, they have their theories, but they've never actually tried them. Whereas, yeah. like, like you, so have you, gone- you have a Troy, you have a very unique perspective. You have a high level of education, and you have all this experience as a doctor, and you've raised all these kids. Anyway, I don't want to. Well, yeah, all- and then like uh, in his family, you were the fourth boy in a row your mom had yes yeah so so she had she had four teenage boys all at the same time like you guys were all pretty much teenagers at the same time right we sure were so so i'm really excited to kind of hear your pearls of wisdom from you because this is that area hannah and i have our own kind of unique perspective but we're still kind of in the uh theory stage we've only applied this to a few of our children and we've already made some mistakes and 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 went oh gosh and so i thought it'd be really helpful to get uh, a little more wisdom from you and some some of your thoughts. And I know Hannah had a whole bunch of questions for you. Well, well, the first thing is, I don't know why I didn't call him in the first place. Like, I don't know why I like... Well, no, okay. Oh, we you talk- you would have thought like, oh, well, call your dad and ask him because he's probably already Well, no, we did, we did when it came to media and they yeah. were in the same boat we were because the whole iPhone smartphone internet thing was new yeah i called my mom crying (laughs) but but this one cars are not new mobility is not new. yeah that's been around since he is i am i am hoping to get a a wealth of knowledge from this from from our guest so uh, go ahead hannah what what did you what do you have um money pants you want to let your kids instead of giving them a bunch of things for free you want to give them the opportunity to earn some of the things they get. Whereas a lot of times there's this attitude of these are their rights. Like, well, they, this deserve, is, they deserve they that. They deserve no, we've, Hannah, this. We've heard that. We've heard this from, from people. Where, from actually oh, some of my own family members. It's their members right that, to play it, soccer yeah. and for you to pay for it. And it's their right. No, and it's to, my responsibility as a parent to give those things Yeah, to and them. it's your responsibility to buy them a car. And it's your responsibility to give all these things to your kids. So... A lot of times when kids turn 16, there's this idea of, I've got to buy my 16-year-old a car. And I... That's I, somehow they deserve yeah, it? Yeah. And how, they earned it? How many moms get a job outside of the home just so they can pay car payments on their teenager's car? Like, that's a thing. That's a thing. And, it, you know, and <laughs> where they get a, a, a job outside the home with that main goal in mind of I'm going to pay for my 16-year-old's car that I'm going to buy them for for their birthday and I'm going to make the car payments for it. And so it was funny because my teenagers, they go to a very wealthy wealthy school and mm-hmm. 
a lot of their friends were being given cars and given really nice cars. Yeah, like a sweet 16 yeah. present your BMW. Sure. And we, so we saw that. So my my oldest daughter came home from school and some girl she knew that she's talking to had her 16th birthday and her parents had gotten her some really nice car. I don't know if it was a BMW or what, but my oldest daughter was like, I couldn't believe it. She was at school and she was so mad because they had they had bought her the car and it was this really nice car and they it was the wrong color. And she was so ticked off at her parents for getting the wrong color. And and so the the appreciation there was a little lost on the daughter where it was it wasn't even appreciated. It was oh, you didn't get me exactly what I wanted? Uh you know, so she didn't have any problem if you know getting in an accident or taking care of the car. It's not even really what she wanted. Like, what a horrible mistake! Yeah, what and then and mistake. then I remember as a teenager watching this one boy, and I, I can't remember his name. I think it was Matt. I don't know, but I he got for his 16th birthday, he got this really nice red pickup truck, and he was you know showing it off and you know taking girls around in it. And he was just wild with this car. When was this? Um, when I was in high school. Oh, okay. And I switched high schools, but we were we were still in the same town. And I remember seeing his car a year later. And he was we were waiting at a stoplight, and his car was thrashed. It was rattling, and and the engine was making weird noises. I was like, he thrashed that car in one year. This brand new, really nice car. And so it was kind of like a, oh, you know, maybe it's not a good idea to just... But that kind of goes back to my point where I think his parents had actually given him a burden, given him a level of responsibility he wasn't prepared for, he couldn't handle, and it actually turned out to be a burden for him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he got in a lot of trouble with that car. And it it was actually, it wasn't fair, but it wasn't fair to him. Like From the rumors. Mom mom and dad, come on, you, you can't saddle your kids with that high level of a burden. It's too much. It's just like having unfettered access to media or unfettered access to money. It's... It's, well, too, it's a burden well, that they you're don't putting on your kids. I understand the responsibility of it because, well, first off, they no, don't. No, no, but back up. They don't understand like how expensive these new cars were. Like, right? I don't think they. Or how I much don't repairs think, are, or how difficult it is to, to to take care of, or how much it's like. And it's like a baby. They didn't but not think quite. about it's, it. It's like a, they didn't think about it, and they didn't care. Yeah. Oh yeah. As far as um, you know, giving your kids uh, a reward. For, for doing well and giving them a car, you know, something really extravagant. You know, we, we had experience like that, kind of similar, where the kids expect that. I had one son who, because he got straight A's, and all of his friends who got straight A's got cars. Now, did you set that up with him? Did he know? Like, you're like, hey, if you get straight A's, you'll get a car? Or like, or is it just no, because of his, no, no. just because of his friends? Just because of his friends. Just because of his friends. They were getting cars because they got straight A's. And, and uh, so he came to me, you know, saying, uh, you know, where's my car? <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't I get a car? I got straight A's. No, well, how, how old was he? Was it this like a high school student? Was this uh, college? Yeah, what? Yeah, this is, yeah, this is high school. He was on, on his way to be the valedictorian. And, uh, and boy, I'll tell you what. He thought because he got straight A's, he needed a car. And when I said, What? <laughs> no. Well, I, I have a question. Did did you 
did you actually, did you ever give any of your kids cars or was that just kind of a blanket? No, we're not doing that. Like, how did you arrive at that conclusion? Like what, what made you say, like, like when you what, said, yeah, when, what things did yeah, you try? Yeah. We'll back up. When you told your son, no way. Uh, when, when he came to you and, and was expecting a car, why, why were you, cause you said you looked at him cross. I'm like, no, why, why were you already like, when did you make that decision? Like, was it when you were, when you, you and your wife first got married and you decided we're never going to give our children cars or was it, Oh, well you made the mistake with another child and you gave them a car and you're like, Oh no, we're not going to give this kid a car. Like how did you arrive at that? <laughs> were you a teenager before? Yeah. Did you remember it? <laughs> well, no, cause you're, you were very adamant. Like, no, we're not giving you a car. So how, how did you arrive at it? It wasn't like, Oh, well let's talk about it. No, you said that. No, it was a very easy decision. No way. So how did you arrive at that? Like what, what was the well, thought I, process? I can tell you. I could tell you that my parents um, had 10 children and I was the fourth, uh, fourth son, the, the fourth child and fourth son. And I saw personally how my brothers would treat my parents' cars. My parents would allow my older brothers to, to drive. And boy, I'll tell you, they really ruined those cars. And when, when, <laughs> when they were driving me around, it's like, Man, is this uh, Le Mans or what is this? But uh, by the by the time I got <laughs> by the time I got to the uh, driving age, there's no way I wasn't driving their car. And if I wanted a car, I had to buy it, and so I did. And I bought uh, I bought a car for a hundred dollars, uh, which probably today is about five hundred dollars. But it's it was a hundred dollars, and the engine was all taken apart and two cardboard boxes in the back seat. And the guy who sold it to me couldn't put it back together. So I got a shop manual and I pieced this thing back together and had a car. But um, I'll tell you what, I treated it nice. Because I, I knew that you treat the, this car bad and it's going gonna, it's gonna to break down. I'm going to end up back in the garage with it, trying to put it back together. And it's going to cost me a fortune. So, so who was the one paying for the parts and the tools and things to fix the car? Well, we have the tools. Uh, my family's a mechanic. My, my dad's a mechanical engineer. My grandfather, uh, who, who had passed away, was an inventor, and he was a mechanical engineer as well. And they had a lot of tools, and we would always fix our own stuff. We played with mini bikes and go karts and things like that. So we had the tools. Any parts I needed, I paid for it. Oh, okay. I worked for it. Okay. I worked for my dad, and he he would pay me uh, an hourly wage, and I would earn the money. So, so your parents, after four boys in a row, by the time they got to the fourth boy, they wisened up on the whole giving kids cars, <laughs> giving, letting their kids use their cars or giving them yeah, cars. They never, yeah, they never gave them cars. Uh, they they just would allow them to use their car. Oh, okay, sure. And they just treated the cars awful, just awful. <laughs> and so, by the time I was there. I, I never got to drive my parents' car unless my parent was in the car with me, you know, and I was driving. That was okay. But to just, you know, take off in the car, go for, go on a date or, or whatever, no way. Well, absolutely I, no way. I, my older, I only had one older brother and I, I remember mom, <laughs> mom let this older brother use used the car and I was in the car and there there were there was this one street that had a two railroad crossings and they were kind of it, they was up on a sh- kind of a sharp little hill 
And I don't know if you'd say, you know, the hill was six feet tall, but it was it was kind of, you know, a rapid. The tracks were raised right there. At the yeah, road. it was yeah. like rapid incline and <laughs> rapid down. And so when cars would go over it, they'd have to slow way down, go up and over this hump. And then, you know, the next one up and over. Anyway, my brother was <laughs> driving my mom's van and he had a friend in the front seat with him. And I was in the back and he, instead of slowing down, he floored it. And went as fast as he could over this this huge hump thing. And the car actually it caught air. It was in the air and came <laughs> crashing down. And then he did it again for the second hump. And I was like, you are in huge trouble. And, you know, he and his friend were just dying laughing. They're like, let's do it again. <laughs> that was awesome. But after that, he I informed my papa and after that um it was you know if you want to drive a car you're gonna have to get your own Hmm. so that was but even after that though there were some problems where you know he would take off sometimes and you know go really far away or something without permission like Mm -hmm. one time i remember him calling my my dad in the late at night or like three in the morning saying hey so just so you know, so you're not worried, I, I drove down to such and such beach and I, I'm here. And <laughs> But because it was his own car at that point, then he kind of felt like he would forget to, to inform his parents that he was going somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and so that was kind of one of the, it, it was good that he had his own car and he wasn't doing that to my mom's car anymore but then at the same time he would do wild stuff you know where you know ah, oh, you're still under 18 you know well, he, was he still on your parents insurance i don't know so yeah so a while ago i had called you for advice um dad and and you had said something to the effect of hey make sure don't put your kids on your insurance what is this whole thing about, well, make sure your kids aren't on your insurance? Well, insurance, uh, you can add your kids to your ins- your insurance policy. The problem is is that if they get in Iraq or if they get some uh, moving violations, it's going to raise your insurance rates. And it'll raise your rate, assuming they don't do it again, it'll raise your rates for five years. And so... The kid could be off at college or off married, and you're still paying these high insurance rates uh, because they got, uh, you know, speeding tickets or, or whatever. So, uh, so you're kind of left holding also, the bag, right? Right, and it and it's it's so much better if you just say, hey, before you buy a car, maybe you ought to look at how, what the insurance is going to cost you, and and the registration and the upkeep on the car uh, to make sure you can afford it. And so when they go and they find that the insurance is going to cost them, uh, you know, a thousand dollars a month, uh, it pretty much pretty much tells them that, uh, gee, maybe I better wait. <laughs> maybe I better wait until I can afford a car, because uh, you know you try to put them on your insurance and it's it is really very gets very expensive. Well, that's a that's a I think a great wake up call of a thousand. I don't know, I don't know about a thousand bucks a month, but yeah, it's like wow. Okay, never mind. I thought I wanted a car, but no. 
No. Yeah. So, yeah. Have you have you had? Did you have any experiences with with that? Like, did you ever make that mistake, or or like how how did you arrive at that conclusion? Well, no, because some parents may li- some parents may listen to this and go, "Oh, you're you're horrible." Of course, you're, I'm going to put my my kid on my insurance because it's going to cost them way more if they're on their own, and you're not fulfilling your duties as a parent. But what what would how would you respond to that one? Well, uh, it's just uh, it's it's kind of a uh, a life experience just to let them know that if you're going to drive a car, it's an expensive proposition. It's just like if you go out and buy your own car and you're paying thousands of dollars for a vehicle. Uh, you're going to treat it with a little bit more tender care and respect than if someone just pops it in your lap, like that you were talking about that guy with the red truck. Um, <laughs> you know, it just destroys it in a year. Boy, I'll tell you, when I bought my own car and, and pieced that engine together, I treated that thing with kid gloves. I was very careful with it. I drove it very, very well, and it lasted, and uh, I was able to sell it for four times what I bought it for after I'd used it for two years. Wow. So, <laughs> so you're saying that you weren't out drag racing with it and and right. flying over the, the railroad track humps is what you're saying. Right. That's right. Because because you knew though, because because you bought the car first of all, you bought you earned the money to buy the car right. and then you were the one that repaired the car and you knew how much time and energy and effort and skill it took to repair the car. And so because yeah. because of that, you treated the car much differently than your your brothers who were just given access to cars. So, but like your parents, they had bought, they had let your older brothers use their cars. And but you said by the time they got to you, they had changed their mind on that. Had but you were only their fourth child. So had they changed their mind on the insurance thing, or was that still up in the air for them? Um, I was. My dad put me on his insurance, and then. After I got married and I was off of his insurance, he told me, don't ever put your kids on your insurance. <laughs> what? And what made him say that? Yeah. Do, do you have... <laughs> well, he finally got the experience. That he... <laughs> Did you give him that experience, Dad? Well, I got, an, I got a few movie violations. Um, <laughs> but, but it wasn't in my car. It was on a motorcycle. And that's where I was... I did some crazy stuff on motorcycle, but I got, I got some speeding tickets on motorcycle. Wow! And when you do that, you know, when you do that, then your your rates go way up. Well, I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, letting kids either, as you said, buy a car, or in our case, letting our kids earn a car. And I, I want to talk about some of some of the problems, I guess, of letting kids have basically unfettered access to cars. And I'll ask you this first before we get into that. Troy, did you, when you had your car, could you get in it and drive anywhere at any time and do whatever you wanted with it? Was that was that something your parents let you do? Was it kind of a, oh, it's his car, you can do whatever he wants with it? Or did you have, uh, did you have any restrictions? Just out of curiosity. You know, I, I had no restrictions. Um, but I was I was a pretty uh, I was a pretty responsible type person. Okay, well then, um, what what about your? You know, did any of your other brothers or siblings uh, have cars of their own? And if so, did they ever have any restrictions? Or, or what about your own kids? Like, how oh, oh did, yeah, sure. yeah. For example, if because that, what you bring up is a really good point, uh, Troy. Is that some kids will be perfectly fine, 
And if you, yes. if you happen to have those kids, boy, count your lucky stars because not all kids are like that. Where and, and I guess that's kind of what we wanted to talk about was, you know, what to do, how to avoid the potential problems of the kids who aren't future Troy Jones uh, types where like, so let me ask you, did you, you mentioned that your older brothers, but I, how they kind of set the uh, stage for you to not have access to the family car. But I'm just curious, did any of your younger siblings or your own children cause you to rethink letting your kids have access to vehicles? And, and if so, why? Well, uh, my, my children didn't have uh, a lot of access to the vehicles. Uh, I think, you know, and you might remember better, Hannah, than, than I do on this. But I think we had rules like, you know, if you're going to go out at night, you got to be home before midnight. Yes. Actually, you know? that was a very strict rule. Um, but I don't know what the consequence was, but I only did it once or twice. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yes, I think it's really important to, to write down what the rule is and then what the consequence for violation of that rule is. And that the, so the, all the kids know. And that's what we did with our, our family is is that we, uh, we had to write down all of the rules you know, and and uh, and some of the kids didn't need some of the rules, but some of them needed some real rules, especially our last few. You know, uh, we had to uh, we had to write down all the rules and the punishment for violation of those rules. I made a copy of them, gave each one a copy, and kept a copy on the computer. And so, when a violation occurred, well, this is the consequence. You know, it's like, sorry, man. I mean. You violated the rule, right? You you chose you chose this you chose this course of action, and because of that, you also chose this consequence. Here it is. I mean, you agreed to this when we set it all up. I, I love how you say that, though. Like you 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 sat them all down. They they all knew what the rules were, but also what the consequences were. And so, if they chose to break the rule, they knew these were they, these were the consequences they were choosing, and it was very clear and. I, I like that a lot. It it reminds me of like if you're let's say you're listening to this podcast and you're like, well, I don't really agree with their rules or, or you know their specific rules that they have. This is still useful because you want to have rules and boundaries head, set up ahead of time. I had a son who <laughs> we got a call in the middle of the night from a police officer saying, are you so-and-so's parents? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> and it turned out my son, he had a curfew of midnight and he hadn't left this girl's house that he liked in time. And so he was making up for it by speeding through, not stopping at any stop signs. In uh, our neighborhood, there's a, a intersection where it's got like two stop signs right in a row, like within about, I don't know, 10, 10 meters of each other. And he just blew right through them. But not only did he blow right through them, he was going like 75 miles an hour in a residential, you know, what is it? And his sister was in, his younger sister was in the car sleeping. And and so, you know, just a double whammy. And he's driving this cool looking sports car. and a little two-seater. So we went out there and met the you know, went to the scene of the crime and (laughs) met the officers. And what was really bad is the car wasn't registered. And so they could have impounded the car. Anyway, the officers, instead of giving him a ticket, which 
it's probably good that they didn't because he was on our insurance. What what dad was saying was a mistake. And also the car was registered in our names Mm -hmm. still. It hadn't transferred over. It wasn't registered to him. So it was going to be us with our car, the car impounded and us paying the insurance. And, and so at the same time, I wanted him to understand the consequences of, Hey, you speed and there are consequences, but that didn't happen. Instead, the officer said, well, I can tell you guys are good parents, but you, I'm going to let him off but you need to implement some consequence for this behavior. And I'm going to hand that that over to you to decide, but you need to do something. And so we're like, okay. And and we're like, wow, he, he got off really easy. He was going to have to pay a huge ticket, go to driving school, have the car impounded. It, it was going to be a big deal. And he got off the hook. And we decided, okay, you're not going to be able to drive the car for, you know, the next, I don't know if it was two weeks or a month. And it was two weeks, if I remember. right. Yeah. And the next thing I knew, I had another adult pull me aside and say, hey, I understand you're, you're, you're being really mean to your son and and you've you've taken away his car and, he had earned for and you don't eagle. trust yep. him and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, instead of. Instead of him going, gosh, I broke the rule, and here are the consequences I have to pay, instead it turned to being mad at me and mad at his dad. And part of it was I wasn't, I didn't anticipate that a teenage boy would speed. You know, I it, I didn't ever go, hey, this could happen and probably will. And so I didn't I didn't think to go, hey, let's talk about this ahead of time. What's going to happen if you know, you know, you're you're not obeying the driving laws. You know the the, or you well, get a well, that, ticket. That or, was the problem. Is he had been so responsible to get the car in the first place? Yeah, he was we, so incredibly responsible we getting just the figured car. That it would, we're just like he's responsible. We figured it would carry through with the vehicle, and it didn't but, at all. But because, this poor young man, he didn't set. Well, first of all, it was too much responsibility. Well, and it was just the nicest looking race. That's what car. I'm saying. It was too much responsibility. <laughs> for you don't give. Well, a good example is you don't give a four year old uh, a switchblade knife set. You just, that's not something you do. You don't give a six-year-old, hey, here's your own shotgun. Go for it. it. Yeah, it's just, it's too much responsibility. And then you can't get mad at him when he accidentally shoots out the window. Because it's like, well, you gave a six-year-old a shotgun. What were you expecting to happen? Like, (laughs) and, and we've talked about this before where, you know, here are teenagers. And a lot of times. They want their independence. They look like adults, but they're not. Their brains haven't finished developing. They and it's deceptive because you look at them, you're like, oh, well, he looks like a responsible. Adult. He's he's fully grown. He's shaving every other day, and and he's he's tall, and he's and he and he he earned this, and he's shown to be responsible in these areas. And yeah, he looks like a responsible adult. Yes, you can have that car. Wrong. Yeah, these boys, these boys, you know, they have such high levels of testosterone, and they just don't know what to do. with so they they hit the gas pedal. Oh. You don't see that with the girls. The girls don't do that. <laughs> and the insurance companies know it. Yes. <laughs> they do. Absolutely. <laughs> this isn't us just saying this. The, the insurance companies, they, they're like, no, this is fact, guys. Yes. <laughs> and this we're is... going to reflect it in the price. <laughs> now, there, there are always exceptions, but by and large, yes, those, these... 
those standards hold true. Yeah, the boys, if they have a hormone imbalance. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you should, the point is you should expect these things. I don't know what, well, we just told you why we didn't because we're like, our son is so responsible and, and, you know, and he, he, he was calmer, like, than some of our other boys. Some of our other boys, I'm oh, like, no, no, <laughs> I, no. I totally expect that behavior. But for him, I was like, oh, he's so mild-mannered. And he, he was. I only have one other kid that's that mild-mannered. The weird thing and, is we had to eventually not only curtail him driving his own car, but also any of the cars because of that, well, the, the testosterone yeah. coursing through his veins where he he couldn't help it. We have a, a an eight... Uh, a V8 uh, SUV. It's just full of power. All the, the 200 and something horse underneath the hood, and he, he 280 something horse underneath the hood, and you you press on the gas, and that thing goes. And he, I caught him one time racing that car, and I was like, um, excuse me, um, do you know how much it would cost to fix this car? This is an eighty thousand dollar car. You're racing around like it's a go kart. You know, it's not designed to do the things that you're doing with it. And it's not designed to, and I don't want to be paying the wear and tear and the brace. Anyway, but the interesting thing is because we didn't set that up with him ahead of time, he felt like, and this is, this was our mistake, is he felt like we were, that we didn't like him. We didn't love him anymore. And that we were angry at him because we were retroactively limiting his access to his own car. Yeah. Hand us your keys. Sorry. Yeah. This is no. And he's like, how dare you? How this could you? This is my car. And, and well, the analogy I used was, you know what? That may be true. I'll give you an example. Here was a guy, worked really hard, made millions of dollars, bought himself a really nice house and a boat and super nice cars and, and nice jewelry and all that. And then he went and robbed a bank. And the police come and they take all the, the jewelry and the cars and the house and it all goes away because he broke the law and the guy's but like the well, law was set up ahead of time but, but the guy's like hey you can't take those away i earned those myself and it's like yes you did but you didn't follow all the rules you have to get in order to enjoy all the privileges you have to follow all the rules and he the guy didn't understand that and i think that was part of the problem with teenagers is they don't get it well, 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 and back to the point, we, we didn't have it set up ahead of time. And that was our mistake. And that was our mistake. And so instead of him going, why did I do that? Well, but our, our idea is, um, and this is what we suggest, and we str- just as a blanket rule, the cars remain in the possession of the parents and using them is a privilege based off of proper behaviors. Yeah. But even that though. That can be, well, that's yeah. the nice thing about a privilege. A privilege can be revoked at any time. Whereas the ownership of the vehicle, and that was the problem we ran into with our son, is like, well, he did. He earned it. He worked really hard. He earned that car. It was his. We, we promised it to him. We did give it to him. And then all of a sudden, we're limiting access to it. And it just created this very unfortunate relationship where he felt we no longer cared about him. And it did. It damaged and he the really relationship. Angry. He, he got really angry. He was really angry. And offended. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, rightfully so. But, we, we made a mistake. What we should have done was said, hey. If you get your ego by the time you're 16, this is what we say. We're going to let you use that car. That will be yours to use. And when you leave home, we're going to sign over the pink slip. So that that'll be yours to take wherever wherever you want. How's that for a good deal? And then, that would have been better than what we did. 
But at the same time, Dad, like you, Doctor Jones, Doctor Jones, <laughs> what what was your experience like? Like of going, hey, you know, letting your kids use the car, like uh, maybe to go pick something up at the grocery store, or okay, yeah, 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 um, I'd have to drive you otherwise. Yeah, go ahead and use use my car. Like, are there any drawbacks to that? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> use your car you don't know what they're doing with it and in fact we put a tracker in one of our cars and you know the the, the kid was going to go to a a church night at the church and he wanted to use the car so he used the car and we're watching him on this tracker we're we're on the computer watching where the car is going and i'll tell you what he never got even near the church (laughs) (laughs) he went to this house and this house and this house and uh, when he came back, you know, he had used about six gallons of gas. And, uh, <laughs> asked him where he'd been. Well, I went, I went to church. <laughs> Did he know you had a tracker? Uh, no, he didn't know at that time. Does he know now? <laughs> oh, he knows now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. I didn't want to blow your cover. <laughs> So having a tracker, you you kind of confirm like, hmm. <laughs> so would it ha- would it have worked to say, hey, I heard that you didn't actually go. Yeah, how, to how the did you church. how did you deal with this? Yeah, how would how did you deal with that without him letting without letting him know you had a tracker? <sighs> I don't even remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I, I wish I could. <laughs> Those were tumultuous days. <laughs> Now, after this, after this experience, advise, though, I don't advise. I do not advise a tracker, because boy, I'll tell you what, it just it makes you fume <laughs> to see what they're doing with your car. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! What all did this tracker track? Just where oh, they it went. Just, it shows you how fast the cars go. Oh no! It's accelerating or decelerating, and it shows you exactly where it's going on the roads. Oh my goodness! And so, so you see. You, you see, they're really hitting the gas. The wheels are spinning. It even told you if the wheels were spinning, and we were getting that. So, <laughs> wow, not a good thing. Don't don't get the tracker. Don't get the tracker. Just don't let them use your car. They, <laughs> your blood pressure is like <laughs> bubbling <laughs> over every time. I mean, my my policy was: you want to you want to drive, you want a car, you go get yourself a car, and. You pay for your insurance, and, and basically what that does is that just that just tells a kid, well, maybe I better wait until I'm done with college hmm. and I got a job and I can afford it. It does limit it does limit their their mobility, but you know they can always get a ride with their friends, which you know that's going to happen. You know, like it or not, it's going to happen. They're going to go with their friends. It limits and their mobility. Is that a bad thing? <laughs> <laughs> In some cases, it's. It's a very good thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, kids are pretty active. They do a lot of stuff, uh, you know, and they're involved in a lot of good things. And you want them to be able to be in the good stuff, uh, you know, be involved in the good things. And, and sometimes that can limit that somewhat. They don't have their own vehicle. What about, like, uh, you know, because one of the issues when kids turn 16 is they want to get a job and in order to get a job a lot of times they have to be able to tell their employer i have a job i have a car i have transportation Mm -hmm. 
what would you how how would you handle that because you want them to get a job and you want them to be responsible and have that experience but that's kind of the hang up of well that's why I'm getting them a car at 16 is because so they can develop develop responsibility and get a job so say hey ride a bicycle ride a bicycle to work and if the employer requires you have a car then go get a job somewhere else but if you get a job and you earn enough money for for purchasing a car and insurance and all that well fine well if you're able to do that though if you have a job where you're able to earn enough money to buy a car and pay for the insurance and pay for the upkeep i guess technically you would be responsible enough to have a car yeah and you're going to treat it a lot differently because that was that was your experience yeah, and to see your insurance rates go up like crazy, uh, just because you got a few traffic violations, hey, it's it's a wake up call because they're they're the one paying the bill. It's a self teaching so. process, and they're not mad at you. It doesn't hurt your yeah. relationship right. with them. Yeah, things got a lot different, Hannah, what, from oh. when you were a kid and our other and our later children. It, things got a lot different. I mean, we learned a lot. <laughs> I know. Well, how how so? Like, well, no. Well, I know he made the mistake of letting me use a car, (laughs) and I wasn't driving it crazy, but I certainly, I actually uh, destroyed the car. Was that the one with the oil? Um, there was a problem with the oil. the The oil was leaking, and there was some repair that needed to be done, and we weren't at a, a point where we could take care of it. And so my dad said, hey, look, if the car gets low on oil, you know, it's going to destroy the engine. It's like, you got to check this every week, make sure there's enough oil in there. And I was super busy. Like I kind of overdid it with my schedule. And, but I was like, okay, I don't want to destroy the engine. But instead of following the directions all the way and checking the oil, I, it got to the point where I'm like, "Ah, I'm just in a hurry, but it needs oil all the time. And I dump a thing of oil into it and then go and I did that for a couple weeks in a row and not checking the oil, but just adding oil. And the car started having problems. I went to my dad. I'm like, hey, the car's like doing this and, and you know, making these noises. I forget what it was doing. You probably know what it was doing. But um, <laughs> dad <laughs> and, and, and dad. Death rattle. Yeah, the death rattle. What happened from me adding oil and not checking? <laughs> it just destroyed the car. <laughs> it destroyed the car. And apparently you can't add too much oil to a car. It's a, it's it's problematic. And so this nice car. No, you can add too much oil to a car. <laughs> you can add too much oil. Turns out it's, you can. Yeah. And, but the thing is, is I kind of had my parents in a tough spot because I attended early morning seminary. And I had to leave the house at 545 and my my dad and mom you know you know they they had limited sleep as well and it wasn't their desire to wake up at 5:45 to drive me to seminary and i would drive myself and my younger siblings to seminary and so I remember after I destroyed the car, I said, I'm sorry, dad, you know, and I, I actually don't even want a car. I, I it's just, too, it's too much responsibility. Mm-hmm. I actually don't want a car. I'm okay with not having a car and not having a car to use. That's fine. And my dad just kind of turned red in the face and, 
And I realized later it's because he didn't he didn't want to have to drive to wake up earlier to have to drive all the way to seminary. But but that's I, I think a lot of people get their kids' cars because they don't want to have to drive them everywhere. They're they don't want to be the taxi cab driver they you know, they don't want to have to drive them to work. They don't want to have to drive them places. So what what do you what's been your experience with that? What solution did you come up with there? Because I wasn't there while you were raising the rest of these kids as teenagers. <laughs> I wasn't. And so and that's part of the reason I, you know, I was as a parent, I've had an easier time dealing with younger children, and, but a harder time dealing with teenagers because I feel like I've had years and years and years of experience of seeing younger kids, but not as much experience seeing like teenagers yeah. and older kids. And so it, so it was more of a shock to me when I had teenagers of my own. Well, it doesn't help that our one of our teenagers was the most difficult teenager on the face of the planet. <laughs> where, <laughs> where this particular teenager really did kind of was just, it was their job to find, they were the raptor in Jurassic Park testing the fence for weaknesses on every single family rule. So I, I do have to give us a, a little bit of slack. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Most people don't have that experience. No. But I'm sure there are pe- there are people who do, though. What if that's your only child? Oh, my goodness. You'd be like, See, well, that's why you should have 10 children or so, because <laughs> otherwise you'll feel like a failure. failure. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, no, yeah, I can't just, imagine. When you, when you have kids that are involved in a lot of things and you've got a lot of kids... That's what you're going to be doing. You're going to be a you're going to be a taxi cab driver. So, if if uh, if your children are involved in extracurricular activities and they really want to be involved in them, they will find a way to get there. If they have to call a friend or if they have to ride their bike, they'll find a way to get there. And so, we just didn't do a lot of the taxi stuff. Um, well, we did with our first, our first uh, several children, but after that, you know, it was just too much, too much of a burden. And sure enough, you know, they would find a way to get to where they wanted to go if they really wanted to do it. You know, if they wanted to wrestle, great. If they wanted to play soccer, great. They could find their way there. Wow, I think I'm at that point, Dad, because <laughs> um, you know, we're having this COVID lockdown. I, I, I mean, and, and it's a part, you know, I'm not sick. Nobody in my family has has passed away and we haven't lost our job. So it, that's, you know, I'm not happy about that so many people are suffering around me. But aside from that, the thing I have enjoyed is the fact that I things have just slowed down at home and I'm not driving all over the place and uh, being pulled in all these different directions. Well, that directions. was a realization we made, Hannah, is how many hours per day we were just driving. Oh, yeah. Like one time I realized that I was driving four hours every day, like wow. multiple days wow. in a row, four hours. And it was really stressful because it was also on a clock. You know, oh, I got to be here. I got to be here. I got to be here. And and it was actually really stressful, not only for me, but for the kids as well. So yeah, so you you found that, you know, in a big family situation or maybe a situation where it's a single parent and they they can't be there all the time, just say, t- say to your kids, if you want to do this, you're going to have to figure it out. They they do. 
it's just not it's not a tough deal but back to the back to the topic though of kids you know giving a kid a car because you want them to get a job you want them to be able to get a job have you ever made that mistake i think well i oh i i did i did well, i had a uh, one son who you know he could probably use a car to get a job he's going to be getting married pretty soon anyway he's like 21 going on 22 years old so i said here i had a i had a 1985 jeep cj7 it was in really good shape so i said i'm going to give you this this car as your wedding gift he wasn't engaged but it was going to be his wedding gift and i thought he could use it now so he takes this car and i'll never forget we live about three and a half miles outside of town and there's a long straightaway, and I'm I'm driving into town, and he he happens to be coming the other way, and I'll tell you what, he must have been going a hundred miles an hour in that car, uh, in that Jeep, and uh, and he would never check the oil. And he, one day he came in, he said, "Oh yeah, he was down three and a half quarts," and it was it was soon after, <laughs> soon after that, you know, the engine was toast, and he ended up selling it for three hundred bucks, and when I gave it to him, it was probably a ten thousand dollar car. Oh God! Oh, how, how much time? Like, how much time was it between the time you gave him the car and the time he sold it? Um, probably not more than six months. Oh, oh! Good grief! <laughs> okay, so, that that's like the the kid that I noticed in the it, it, where the parents had given him the car. And that's it for today. There you go. There that, that that's it. <laughs> we've we've I think we've uh, we've we've proven our point. Don't give your kids cars. <laughs> Holy smokes. Oh, that money wow. can probably go to something better. <laughs> wow, 6 months. These Jeeps are col- these are these Jeeps are collectors items, you know, the 85 CJ7. If it's in really good shape and you you've got some nice tires on it, I'll go for 15 grand. This was just standard. This was a standard stock CJ7. Oh. And it was probably worth 10 10 grand. But 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 because it, 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 even though he was older, because he just he hadn't like earned it himself or worked for it in any sort of yeah. way, he didn't he didn't comprehend the value, and right. so it's not really his Absolutely. fault. Well, I think it's twofold. It's, it's one. It's it, my fault. If they if it's my fault. Yeah. <laughs> ultimately, like yeah, because it's. But but I think it's twofold. One. If they haven't earned it, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, where if a kid hasn't earned it, they don't appreciate it. They just can't. But secondly, when it comes to things like cars or media or these things, some of them, even if they did earn it, it's too much for them to uh, understand. It's actually too much of a responsibility where, oh, yeah, you did. Way to go. You you saved up $10,000. You bought yourself a car. But you still you're 16 or whatever, you still don't actually know enough about how to handle that. I guess that's why we, we recommend against, you know, giving or even letting kids buy their own cars for the most part. But like the same thing, like, oh, my son, he saved up 350 bucks and bought himself a nine millimeter pistol. Um, no, I'm not going to allow that in my home because he doesn't know the responsibility of using that weapon properly is too great for him to handle at that point. He needs to get special training and, and develop more more sense and, and develop his brain a little bit more before he can actually accurately use that. And, and 
in a in a setting. So well, I, yeah, that, I think you like give your kids a car because you love them. You're like, this is a great opportunity, and you're excited. You're like, hey, guys, a car, you know. Right. But the thing is, is they're not capable of like appreciating it or being to the to the right degree one one idea i i once read about in the i don't know if it was in the paper or what that i thought was really cool was this dad instead of you know buying his his daughter a brand new car and making payments on it got her an old junker that didn't even work but it was a cool car but it was an older car and it needed all this work and he said to her hey we got you this car for your birthday but it doesn't work (laughs) <laughs> but we're willing to buy the the pieces of the car. It was like a 65 Ford Mustang. Yeah, it was yeah. something old, cool, but not working and not in good shape. And we'll buy the pieces, but you have to be the one to figure out where the, you know, fix it and mm-hmm. figure out where it goes and get yourself a manual. And 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 they said, it's a great experience because, you know, year or so later, she knew everything about that car. She had put it together <laughs> and it became a hobby of hers where, you know, she, and she was very proud of it and it was a good experience. So we, we thought we would do something similar when our son earned his car. We said, hey, it's not working right now. But we'll pay for the parts, but you have to do the fixing. Mm. And so... Yeah, we won't pay for labor. Yeah. So we tried the same thing, and (laughs) it didn't work out well. What ended up happening was he'd break the car or let somebody use it or touch it, break the car, and then we'd have to keep buying parts. Or the other thing was he was a perfectionist, and... He basically wanted to replace the whole engine of the car, and it's it was going. I'm like, I don't think the cars ever run this well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes, it's fixed. No, we're not going to keep buying parts. But well, it started out. Hey, I need to replace the battery. Oh, well, I need to re- replace the battery cables. Oh, well, I need to replace the connections. Oh, I need to replace the spark plugs. I need to replace the spark plug cables. Oh, you know what? The valve cover needs to be redone. Oh, look at the timing chain is off. And it's just like whoa! It just kind of exploded. Where pretty soon it was like, yeah, we just need to need a whole new engine. Yeah. Like, it just okay. So so. That was a mistake. We never, okay, first off, he should have, we kept him on our insurance and we had the car registered to us and we were paying for the registration. But the repair thing, what were we thinking? Like we had totally forgotten money pants and the whole money pants philosophy because why did we tell him we were going to pay for the parts? We never should have said that. He should have been earning the money to pay for the parts. And then he would have been a little more motivated to to take care of the car. We were basically paying for all these things where that could have been an opportunity for him to go, hey, I could, I, I need to earn money for this and have have something for him to be working towards, which is what you want. You want, and with the insurance we did, we I think we did... We kind of remembered the concept of because we said, "Hey, every uh, no, it was gas. Gas is where we helped him out, not in, the, um, in a correct way." We said, "Hey, for every A you get in school, so we'll check your grades every month, and every A that you have in a class, we'll put this much money towards your gas money." And so that actually helped him through some some you know. Sometimes, so he is really motivated to 
to to work on his grades and and be mindful of making better grades in school. And so that was good. We I, I think that was right. But we should have had him paying for his insurance, the registration, and why in why in the world were we paying for the parts in his car? That would have given him something to be working and 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 earning and and you know give him motivation to better himself and and you know obey we we, we botched it anna yeah we botched it anyway so hopefully people listening to this won't botch it or at least they'll have food for thought i'm sure there are more situations can happen with cars the only other thing i liked how dad i liked how you said if you you put the costs on them, like okay, you want to drive, you want to get a car, you you want to be able to drive places on your own, you got to get your own car, and you got to look at all these expenses that go along with it. I like your point of by the time they work and earn that, they're they're graduated from college or halfway through college, and they have jobs and they have responsibilities and they're ready for it. And by by giving instead of treating it as a right for them mm-hmm. letting them earn it that gives them the chance to mature into it right so then if you jump the gun and just go here's a car it's it's they're not ready for it right oh, and, they're not ready and that and it's like you know that car is more dangerous in the hands of a 16 17 year old than a 44 magnum oh my goodness and we actually we didn't even touch on that where uh, we we say you know they're not ready and it's a high level of responsibility and we've kind of alluded to it but you you just hit the nail right on the head where it it there are so many actual dangers of giving kids this it, it could be potentially a a death trap where yeah, didn't your sister's friends all die in a car accident my, my with sister her in had, the car my sister had some friends and they ended up flipping the car and the, my sister survived but uh, uh, one or more of her friends actually passed away because of teenage kids. And it wasn't, it wasn't they were being crazy or, or driving or speeding or, or per se. It was just their teenage girls, teenage kids who didn't understand the power of the vehicle they were using. But what Dr. Jones just said, where it, it's more dangerous than a loaded 44 Magnum because they just, they're like, we, this is fun. And it's. It's a lot. It's too much responsibility. Well, I remember my my cousin, his parent, he was an only child for a long time and kind of his parents pride and joy. And and his parents bought him the coolest race car, brand new race car when he was a teenager. And we went to visit him and he was he's he was a fun cousin. He is really nice. And and he's like, Hannah. You want to, I was like, wow, this is the nicest car. And I was so impressed by his car. He's like, do you want to go for a ride in it? And I'm like, yeah. And so I got in the car with my cousin and he, it was a residential neighborhood with hills and everything like that. And he just floored it. We, we, we I think we're going a hundred miles an hour. I, and I was getting, I got so mad and I said, stop the car, stop it. And the more I said, stop it, the faster he went. (laughs) I'm like, but in my mind, I was thinking there's families living here and a little kid could run out into the street and there's no way you could stop. And I I wasn't very old, but I knew like what little kids did because I had little brothers and sisters. And so I was just like, 
you're not thinking about what that would mean if you hit a kid yeah and 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 ran over like or or even you know life-changing consequences or somebody pulling their car out and you can't see and and but it was just that would be an unfair burden to place on him for the rest of his life so just just kind of food for thought i guess but but one last thing is anytime you give your kids possession of things one of the hard things is like the same with media where once it's theirs it's like they feel like they don't have to obey other rules right uh, like, oh, it's my car. I can go when I want to go. I can. I don't have to tell you. I don't right. have the to. The rules don't apply anymore. Yeah. The, and for some reason in the teenage brain, if they own the car, the rules don't apply anymore. And so it, it's it's good to put these natural delays on them getting a car. And the natural delay of saying, okay, sure, you can get a car, but you got to pay for all these things. What are you going to do? Even then, though, Hannah, I would be hesitant simply because I could see some kids, someone that sells them a car for cheap. Maybe they feel sorry for them. Oh, and then all of a sudden the kid does have a car and they, and they don't have the responsibility. And it kind of upends the whole system yeah. and they haven't worked towards it. I, I would recommend mom and dad keep possession of all the transportation and let the kids use it based off of performance and make it a privilege and keep it as from being a right. Well, one, one of the ownership. two, one of the two, I, there, I don't think there's a perfect solution, like necessarily, but one of the two, because I, unfortunately, you know, I, like one of our kids, we live in an area where there are very wealthy people. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's been a detriment. Yeah. It's been a blessing, but a detriment at the same time, because... If my kids bat their eyes at any of these wealthy people and say, like, oh, you can have my old Ford pickup. And you're like, yeah, uh, no, no, that, no, they can't. <laughs> so, oh, your parents want you to buy it. OK, I'll sell it to you for 50 bucks. Uh, so you see, you see the problem. So so that's that's a that's a problem we have. But if if, in fact, for whatever reason, people you being do overly generous, the kids do earn the car and buy it themselves and you allow that, then you have and it's going to be hard. But you're going to have to set up the ground rules of here. If any shenanigans happens, you know, you, you're going to lose it. I, I think that's a, a, a bad proposition because we went through that with social media. We've gone through that with cars already. And we've had bad luck with that, Hannah, where because any kid, if they break the rules and you try to take away something that they've earned, they, it, it damages the relationship. Yeah. So, but if you do that, you have to have them help set up the rules ahead of time. Like, like but we they were for, talking Anna, about, they forget, they forget though. And, they, oh gosh, they forget. But yeah, you have to have it in writing, email it to them, give them a copy of it, have it like, Have it notarized, posted. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, notarized. I, um, I recommend uh, not letting kids own the, uh, the limiting access to the, the, the media in general. TV, movies, music, all that, as well as uh, the mobility, where the, the cars, motorcycles, bikes, they have to ask you permission to go on a bike ride. They need to ask permission. And we had that, Hannah. We're like, okay, where are you going? Who's going to be there? How long are you going to be gone? And when are you coming back? And who's going with you? The, those are the rules for any time the kids are, are mobile. And it, if it, for some reason, as soon as they get that vehicle of their own, they feel like the rules don't apply. Yeah. And so, 
They, I, they sure do. I, I've, I've found it's more <laughs> effective, especially when it comes to cars. Sorry. The, all the vehicles in this house, if they're in my house, they belong to me. And you have to get permission to use them. And it's a privilege, not a right. And that solves all of those problems. So uh, that this is a lot of food for thought. Hopefully, yeah. And uh, those have been uh, our ex- like different experiences. Dad, did you have any other experiences or closing thoughts? Or yeah, thoughts that like, oh, I see it a different way. Or well, I, I've expressed it before. Is my thought is is that uh, if they know what it's going to cost up front, that they're not going to be getting a car. Even if someone gives them a car. How are they going to get it insured? How are they going to register it? Yeah, you they're know just what? not going to do it. I just don't think they will. Okay, and that in, you... but I think it's a good idea to to be in charge of it while they're residents of your home until they're eighteen at least. I think that's. And how, how... You, you guys have a lot of wisdom here. There's a lot of wisdom going on here. Well, and there, there you have it from from the horse's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's the horse here? <laughs> Dr. Jones. <laughs> no, but yeah, seriously, uh, Troy, thank you for, thank you very much for, for, for being on and, and sharing your thoughts. I, I thank you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you had a lot of good stories. <laughs> you guys be good. Okay. All right. Good night. I love, love you. I love you. Bye. Okay. Bye. It's interesting going into this discussion. I thought for sure that allowing kids to have a car was a bad idea across the board. But I think Dr. Jones has really shown, I think he has a very valid point, And that is, if the kid has shown they are responsible enough to earn the money to buy the car and to earn enough money to pay for insurance and earn enough money to pay for gas and earn enough money to pay for repairs, then there's no reason that they shouldn't have a car. But giving your kid a car is a bad idea across the board. And I think we, I think because they haven't proved the responsibility, right? But if they if they go through all the steps of earning the money to buy the car, per- actually purchasing the car, going through the steps of oh, and paying for the registration, registering the car, buying insurance, keeping insurance, you know, up to date, and maintaining the vehicle, then I get to, to my surprise that actually makes a lot of sense. And any kid that is able to do that actually is probably responsible enough to have a car, which is different. It's different than social media. My daughter earned enough money to buy her own phone and and, and showed how responsible she was, but the social media was still too much of a burden for her. Emotionally. Yeah. Whereas a car... And that, that's the thing that's different about a car. We have, in our society, we have rules. Like, for instance, you can't get a license until you pass a test, like a standard threshold. And we don't have that for social media. We, it's just, it doesn't exist. That's true. People are giving their five and six-year-olds, you know. Phones and phones accounts. and, and accounts. And, so yeah. I, I think your dad had a very valid point. And it, it's changed my mind on this topic of, uh, granted, I still think if your son or daughter has earned the money for the car, bought the car, registered it, bought insurance, pays for gas and repairs, and they still break family rules. There still should be consequences for access to that vehicle. So there should still be consequences in place, but, you know, set them up ahead of time. But typically a kid who's responsible enough to do all those things and have a car 
is going to be a responsible kid anyway. Well, I was thinking about how like we made the mistake with our son of saying, okay, this car is going to be yours if you do all this. Uh, but he, he wasn't in a position to pay for all the things. Right. And so it was like, we still, we, we still did, we owned, didn't set it, yeah, we didn't set it we up still right. owned the car, but he, it was his car. No, we made, okay, here are the mistakes we made. It we, caused a lot of conflict. We didn't have him pay for the insurance. We didn't have him pay for the registration. We did, And we offered to pay for any repairs. Those are all the mistakes. What should have happened was, yes, we, we should have set it up. Yes. If you earn your ego by this time, you we will sell you this car. And maybe it's only 100 bucks or 500 bucks, But we'll sell you this car. But you have to register it. You have to get your insurance. You have to pay for gas. And you have to make any repairs on your own. And that would have changed the entire scenario. And it still would have been a great gift. Yeah. An amazing opportunity for him to earn his eagle. Well, so, the, one, the one thing I felt like we did right was saying, hey, we'll supplement your gas money by your grades at school. Right, sure. I thought I thought we did that right. Well, no, and and no, I was no. happy with that part. But the app has that provision as well, where you have gasoline for the teen's car as yeah. part of your budget, which is money they can earn from doing their weekly and daily and weekly jobs and, and developing their habits. That that could have been just integrated into the app just as easily. Yeah. So But even so, it was it was kind of a, like for a him that yeah. was like a it was helpful. That was helpful to him and he mm-hmm. was really mindful of his grades following through, which is something that he wasn't really that into. Well, um, and it was money, as much. It was money that we were going to be spending anyway because yeah. we were going to be paying for the gas for him to go places anyway. So why not let him earn it through, you know, good grades and again, leverage <laughs> leverage what we have. Yeah. So Having said all that, I want to wrap up this whole series where we've we've talked about some pretty heavy things. We we, we talked about the, the three M privileges. And I, I I went in with one mindset that these things should be greatly limited and stay in control of the parents. And I still hold true to that with when it comes to money and when it comes to uh, media. Media especially. Absolutely media. But when it comes to mobility and vehicles and bikes and cars and things, it is okay for the kids to own those things if they're the ones that bought them, they're the ones that are maintaining them, and they're the ones that are taking care of them. And I think that is that's really kind of that's kind of a shift in my mentality. But at the same time, I do want to also say that the, these three M's could also be easily uh, relabeled as the three mistakes not to make. You know, take take it from us who have made these mistakes. You don't have to make these mistakes again where we made the mistake of giving our kids unfettered access to money and that ended badly. We gave our kids the made the mistake of letting our kids have un, uh, unrestricted access to, to media and that ended badly across the board, no matter who it was. And we also made the mistake of giving our one of our kids a car. And those three things have really kind of colored how we approach. Well, we, we made the mistake of letting him earn a car, but not giving him the full responsibility of the car. Right. And so, it caused all sorts of little problems mm-hmm. and conflicts. The point is, as you approach these topics, like with your teens... Keep the money pants principles in mind, I guess, is really the... If we had kept the basic money pants principles in mind, we would have never... First of all, we never would have given my son a car, and we definitely would have had him pay for everything. That 
we would have had him pay his own insurance and his own gas. And yeah. Well, just he, we, didn't, him, we didn't but, give it to him. He had to earn it. Right. But we would have given him the opportunity to earn the insurance money and the gas money. Yes. And those it, we, as well. missed, we missed that opportunity. And, so, it, and it actually caused a lot of conflict in our relationship. Right. Because it's upsetting. Well, you just ruined your car and I have to buy the pieces for it. Yeah, the motivation was yeah. different. It was mixed motivations there. Like Yeah, and so whereas if it was completely his car, I could go, man, oh, that's going to cost you a lot of money. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's a that's, bummer. That really stinks, you know? Sorry, you you, you got that speeding ticket. That's or, gonna, I don't know how you're going to pay for that. Yeah, that's you didn't. going to be tough. Yeah, you made a mistake jump-starting your car. I, and you fried the battery and parts of the engine. Boy, that's a, that was oh, expensive. Oh, huh? I'm yeah. so sorry that happened. But instead, it was... It, you, oh, why'd you do this? Now I have to pay for it. Yeah, you're right, Hannah. It, it damaged the relationship, and it we could have avoided that. Yeah. Anyway, so, so a lot of wisdom from... From, from Dr. Jones. Dr. Dad. <laughs> and, that, and that's all we have. And that's all the time we have yeah. for today. Just... A lot of, a lot, just hopefully food for thought. And if you like what you hear, please be sure to tell your friends. We may share something that, you know, that this is something that they may be looking for, some information that they've been looking for. Let them know about the Money Pants podcast. And if you have a suggestion for a future podcast, please go to our website under support, contact us, send us an email, and we'll jump right on it. We're usually pretty good about responding to emails, and especially when they're excellent topics like this one, where this is a culmination of a lot of people's questions that we've been getting. And that's it for today. Enjoy a Falcon Jasper uniquely uber undulation. We'll see you next time.